Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the, of course, wonderful host of this podcast. I'm graduating in about a month now, and I'm going to need a job, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got an exceptional show, as always. We've got a pretty interesting show today. For this week, we're going to be looking back, the whole week, we're going to be looking back at the 2001 World Series. And so that's what I'm going to be doing today, just going through, not the, did I say World Series? Not the World Series, but the 2001 team that won the World Series. So we'll be focusing more on the season today, not the World Series today. If you want to hear about the 2001 World Series, wait till Friday's podcast, where we'll just be talking specifically about the World Series. But today we're talking more about the overall season with the D-backs. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Dimebacks, to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our way to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDimebacks to find out more. Now, here's that conversation about the 2001 Diamondbacks team. So what I want to do is just take a look back at the minutia, the details of that magical 2001 uh, D-backs team. I don't want to jump right into the World Series right away. I want to save that for Friday segment. Today, I just want to go back and look at some of the details that might have got overlooked during that 2001 season. Now, one thing that I found very interesting when looking back is that the D-backs were just in their fourth year of creation. They they were one of the new expansion teams that the MLB added in. This was only their fourth year in baseball, so I think the fact that they won the World Series is so incredible, and they were actually the first team to win, uh, the, first ex- the fastest expansion team to win the World Series. I mean, to do it in less than five years is pretty incredible. They were basically the, the Golden Knights before the Golden Knights were. And then when I really look at this team, the D-backs were pretty much led by just three star players. Kurt Schilling, Randy Johnson, and outfielder Luis Gonzalez. Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson were two aces, arguably the two best pitchers on the same staff. And they were just both so dominant. They both combined for 43 victories. And they made just one of the nastiest one-two combinations in baseball. And then you had outfielder Luis Gonzalez, who was just mashing home runs left and right. He had 57 bombs that, late, uh, that season. And in the end, the D-backs finished with 92-70 and 70 record. Good enough for the division title, actually, at the time. If you look at the other uh, standings in the division in the NL West, the Giants finished second with 90 wins. Dodgers actually finished third with 86, followed the Padres with 79, and then the Rockies at 73 wins. Now, the thing that made the D-backs so great is what I said, the three main stars performing at an incredibly high level. Randy Johnson even had another crazy day on July 19th 
when he set another record after the previous night's game against the Padres was delayed because of two electrical explosions that actually knocked out the light tower in the Qualcomm Stadium. And then so when the game was resumed the following day, Randy Johnson came in. He replaced the, the original starter for the game, Kurt Schilling, in the top of the third inning. And he went on to pitch the next seven innings. He struck out 16 Padres that day. That set a new record for strikeouts in a relief appearance. So he had one game where he had 20 strikeouts as a starter and nine. And then another game where he came in as a relief pitcher and struck out 16 and only seven innings pitched. Now, Johnson went on to win 20 games for the second time in his career and also struck out over 300 hitters for the fourth consecutive year. And he even earned his 200th victory in 2001. As for Kurt Schilling, he also had a very dominant season for the team. He went 22-6 and with a 2-9-8 year array on the season. They both had 250 innings pitched, so they were definitely two workhorses for the team. And then when you just look at the third, fourth, and fifth starter on the D-backs, they were not very good. Brian Anderson was 4-9 with a 5-2 year array and only 130 innings pitched. Robert Ellis, he, he had a 5-7-7 year array in 92 innings pitch. Albert Albie Lopez, a 4.0 flat in 81 innings pitch. So they didn't really get a lot of production out of their other starters that season. Even Miguel Batista at 140 innings pitch. He was probably the best guy after the after Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson. He had a 3-3-6 year array. But he was more, mostly as a long reliever. Did get 18 starts under his belt. So outside of uh, Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson, the D-backs didn't get a lot from their starting pitching, uh, starting pitchers. Now they did have a good closer in, in uh, Bai Young Hyun Kim, who saved 19 games, had a 2.94 ERA and 98 innings pitched, so he pr- pitched pretty well. But outside of him, the the rest of the the D-backs bullpen kind of struggled. They had a lot of up and down guys. Greg Swindle and Broham both had ERAs above four. You had a Brett. Prince, who had a 2.63 array at only 24 years old, which is pretty good. So you had a lot of guys who were either, you know, above a four and a half or below a three. There was only one guy in the bullpen outside of Miguel Batista who was in that three to four range. Everyone else was either above a four or below a three. So I think that's pretty crazy when you think about you weren't getting kind of con- you weren't getting a lot of consistency out of relief pitchers. A lot of them were pretty up and down. And the same could be said for the starting lineup. Outside of Luis Gonzalez, you weren't getting a ton of production outside of your other hitters. I mean, you could make the case Reggie Sanders was the second best uh, player, you know, second best position player. He batted 263 and had uh, 33 home runs. Maybe you can make the case for uh, Tony Womack, who batted 266, only three home runs, but 28 stolen bases. There weren't a lot of guys on this team. Only only Sanders and Gonzalez were the only guys to hit over 20 home runs. Even over 16 home runs, they were the only two guys. And then Tony Womack was the only guy on the team to steal over 15 bases. So D-backs weren't getting a lot of guys to hit for average. They weren't getting a lot of guys to hit for power. They weren't even getting a lot of guys that could steal bases. It was mostly Luis Gonzalez leading the charge, batting 325, 57 bombs, 142 ribbies. The guy was on a tear and a beast that season. And all those guys, you know, they they were highly credited for their performances that year. I mean, in 2001, 
Luis Gonzalez made the All-Star team. So he was definitely he was definitely looked at as one of the best players at his position. And he even won the Silver Slugger Award that year and finished top three in MVP voting. As for Randy Johnson, he won the Cy Young Award that season. So the D-backs uh, players who performed exceptionally well were definitely getting their fair share of credit. Now, during this time, as I said, they only needed 92 wins to to make the playoffs. And I think that's just so crazy. Because when you look at baseball now, yeah, 92 wins could maybe get you a wild card spot. But honestly, 92 wins nowadays probably isn't even enough to win the division title. But back then it was. And the D-backs, you know, they did great in terms of winning just enough games to get them there. We, we saw... We know it's because of what their three stars were able to do. And because of those three stars, they were able to win those 92 games. We'll be right back with more of that conversation after this quick message. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates come in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. No more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Welcome back to the Lock on Diamondbacks podcast. Now here's the rest of that conversation. Now, when they got to the playoffs, they, they played pretty well in the playoffs, too. They didn't have really any struggles in the playoffs. They definitely had series where they were against their backs. But if you look at the NLDS against St. Louis, they won the first game, lost the second, won the third, lost the fourth, and then lost uh, and then won the fifth. So uh, a lot of their series went like that. They, they were never too up or too down in the series. But you never knew whether they were going to win or lose it. They were pretty much even killed throughout the whole time. I mean, they they won the first game one nothing, lost the second one four to one, won the third one five to three, won the lost the fourth one four to one, and then won the fifth one two to one. 
So it, it was definitely a pitcher's duel. Their offense definitely wasn't the one that carried the team. It was definitely their pitching that season. Outside of Luis Gonzalez just mashing home runs left and right, it was definitely the pitching that season that led the team. And it, it was definitely showed in the first round. And then if you look at the NLCS, their offense finally started to pick it up, and that's why they were able to win four out of the seven games pretty easily. They, they only had to play the Braves in five games they won it four to one against the Braves the first game they won two nothing the second one they lost eight to one but then they won five one eleven four and three two so they had pretty good playoff run uh, until the the World Series where we know they capitalized and won it all but we won't get into the World Series today you're going to want to stick around for Friday's pod where we get all into the World Series but this 2001 World Series team is definitely not one that you probably see, you know, built. You don't see too many World Series teams built like this nowadays. You don't see too many teams with two pitchers who are, you could make the argument for the best at their position. They're, you don't have usually just one great offensive hitter nowadays. Usually teams can just find someone off the waiver wire to go out there and hit 20 bombs for you, but. This D-backs team was definitely gritty. They were definitely tough. And the craziest thing, I think, that was one the, I think one of the craziest storylines from this season and them winning the World Series is the fact that, you know, maybe teams, the, the national media fans didn't want them to win it, you know? If you just think back to the 2001 season, there was a great tragedy that happened in 2001, and that is 9-11. And for the D-backs to, to play the Yankees in the World Series, you know, the New York team that uh, f- that faces tragedy, the city that faces tragedy more than any other any other city in the country, to, to have the team from that city go to the championship and represent the team in the city, you definitely had all the media, all the fans, just everyone wanted to win the World Series, wanted the Yankees to win the World Series, not because they were against the, the D-backs, but just because... The nation was pretty much rallying around New York and the the Yankees uh, specifically. So they were definitely the team that people want to win. But the D-backs came in. They said, we don't care about that. Not that they didn't care about, of course, 9-11. But they didn't care that they that everyone wanted the Yankees to win. They threw that all away. And the, the, their leadership at the top with the Gonzo, with a Johnson, with a Schilling, really set the tone that season. Uh, they really made sure to not get too high or too low. And I think they were just a steady Eddie team that just wanted to just create enough offense to get the ball in the hands of their pitchers because they knew their pitching was going to be the reason why they won the game. They knew their pitching. If they could just put three runs, four runs on the board, a Kurt Schilling or Randy Johnson was going to shut it down, and they were not worried about what was going to happen uh, outside of that. They just knew that they had to just get enough offense on the board, and their pitching was going to do the rest. And their manager that year, Bob Brenly, he he did great uh, situationally that year. He knew when to put in the right guys and when he did not. He, he was the manager for the D-backs for four seasons the next season they did win 98 games before winning 84 and then he he did not make it uh through the full fourth year of his tenure with the D-backs so he had a pretty good run with the D-backs when you consider they're the 
only World Series team in the franchise history. Now, granted, they haven't been around too long, but this 2001 team is definitely the most magical team the D-backs have ever had and definitely the most well-known team in the franchise. And I think D-backs fans were would go back to anything to relive the, the moments that to relive the feelings that they felt during these incredible moments throughout the season where they saw the D-backs team go against all odds and just put the city of Phoenix on their back, go out and win when no one would expect them to, when they didn't have the offensive players that people would expect to win the World Series, when they only had two legitimately elite starting pitchers, even quality starting pitchers to go out and give the ball to. So I think this team is just so scrappy and I think that's what I'm really going to remember it for just their toughness honestly I think it's not easy I, I kind of compare this team to that a uh, recent Kansas City Royals team that won the World Series I think back in 2015 or 2014 because they were not really a team of any stars either now the D-backs did have three stars but they just had so many other holes in their lineup that you were not thinking when you look at their starting lineup Everyone was over the age of 30. Damian Miller, 31. Mark Grace, 37. Jay Bell, 35. Gonzo was 33. Matt Williams, 35. Steve Finley, 36. Reggie Sanders, 33. This was not a young team. Kurt Schilling was 34. Randy Johnson was 35. I think that's the craziest thing when you look back at this at this 2001 World Series team. It was led by veterans. They didn't have that mix of young guys and old and older veterans. They pretty much just relied on the backs of veterans and experience. And that experience was what led them through this tough season with tragedy and doubt and still being a young franchise, having these these star players still at the back end of their primes really helped the D-backs propel them into the 2000s and really set them up, up really set them up for success and really put them on a path where they could be respectable in the baseball world since they were only around for less than a half decade when this 2001 World Series really put the D-backs on the map and really gave them respect around baseball. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks. Go tell your elected device to play the new edition of the Lockdown Fantasy MLB Draft so you guys can stay up to date with news, rankings, updates, anything you guys want. Tune back in on Wednesday to hear more about this 2001 World, uh, World Series team and this magical season. And I hope everyone is out there staying safe and staying healthy. Peace.